0: Hey everyone, welcome to Four Star Radio. This is your host, Matt Adamchek, owner and head coach of Four Star Strike. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you do, please take a second to subscribe. And here you go. All right. Hey everyone, welcome back to Four Star Radio. A special guest today, and we're doing an in person interview. So uh, today we have Dr. Jason Nowetsky from Champion Mindset Group. Uh, You're out of what city again? Birmingham. Birmingham in Michigan. Uh so Jason go ahead and besides being a huge Star Wars fan which I appreciate on the social media um tell us about you and how you kind of got here and how you how you got to essentially be your own business of what you're sure, doing Sure
1: no thanks first of all thanks for having me on really appreciate it big fan Um I got into this work because I was a college athlete myself um I was a baseball player at a division 1 school and I went to a certain school because I had an opportunity to pitch right away and uh, what I learned pretty quickly was uh, I had the curse of talent, is what I call it. Explain uh, that, by well, definition. By definition, when you're really good and you don't work hard. Okay, and yeah, I think you nerd- have
0: seen that. Yes, yes.
1: So in <laughs> high school, I was very good, l- tall, left-handed pitcher, uh, won pretty easily because I was gifted enough to throw hard. And, but when you get to a Division One level, everybody's as good as you or better. So I learned pretty quickly because my first season uh, as a pitcher, I went 2-8. and eight. I set the school record for losses in a single season. Wow. I hadn't lost eight games in high school combined, so I didn't know what that kind of losing <laughs> felt like. That's rough. Yeah, it was very rough. Not a good shot to the ego. <laughs> uh, and not a record you want to have in the record books. For no, no. Right. So, I haven't
0: personally set any records, but I don't think not that the, would one, be the, the one you want. So
1: I was obviously very frustrated. I was talking to my upperclassmen and my teammates, my coaches, and I said, "You know what's going on? You know why am I not successful?" And they said, "Well, look, it's not physical. You throw just as hard as everybody. Your mechanics are pretty sound. You have two pitches that you command pretty well. With you, it's mental." You know, and this is 1988, 89. No one's talking
0: about mental game at that point. Yeah, or if it is, it's just your uh, old school mental yes, toughness. Yeah, Go just bang, bang out, your head focus, through a brick right? wall but until someone No one teaches finished. you how to do that.
1: Yeah. Um, so they handed me this book, which changed my life, called The Mental Game of Baseball. And at first I was reluctant. I didn't want to read it because that assumed that something was wrong. And I just wanted to throw harder, right? I just want to get stronger, throw harder. Yeah. Well, that wasn't the answer. So finally I relented and started reading the book, and I couldn't put it down. Nice, And I still have my copy on my shelf in my office today.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, I refer That's to cool. it
1: all the time. And obviously, there's tons more books we can talk about. But uh, I started picking it up, read it cover to cover uh, over and over and started implementing some of the things that they were talking about, developing some routines, how to be, be better mentally prepared, how to stay focused, how to recover, how to visualize, all the yeah. trademark school. That's really That was technology. really edgy for back then. Yeah, for sure. But, Which is you know, also
0: weird because you don't really see like uh, – baseball scene doing new edgy stuff
1: more and more now but not then for sure um you know harvey dorfman the author of that book was kind of a pioneer in the field him and ken revisa big big pioneers in the field of uh, sports psychology but anyway so i started implementing it that summer season into the next fall and started to see some results and went into my next season and i went nine and three
0: There you go. And I
1: set the school record for wins. There you go. The polar opposite. Polar opposite. Same guy. So is your coach just
0: as stressed as probably I am every day? (laughs) Yeah, as a coach,
1: yeah, for sure. For sure. But I knew right then and there, there's something to this, you know, thing we call the mental game.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to learn more.
1: So I went on and got all my degrees in psychology and education. And um, years ago, knew I wanted to stay working with athletes. I coached up for a long time at High levels of Baseball. But loved working one-on-one with athletes and teams to help them become more mentally prepared, focused, recover, etc. Uh, opened up Champion Mindset Group with a partner who's long uh, since gone, but we're still good friends, Dr. Jared Wood. I want to give him a shout-out for helping me start Champion Mindset Group. Nice. And, um, yeah, so I have an office in Birmingham where I work with athletes How long has it been open? We've been in Birmingham now for, I want to say, five years. We had a couple offices before that in different spots, but we really settled down nicely in Birmingham and a nice spot. And I see athletes one-on-one for about 45 minutes at a time. I see about 20 athletes a week. Um, nice. and then I work with teams when I'm not there as well, or doing a lot of. What do you like more also. of
0: the team group environment or you know, one it, on one. It,
1: it, I like both really? Yeah. I mean, I they love working one-on-one special. with engage athletes, uh, which is fun because I'm working with athletes that want to get better. Yeah. What they do performance wise, yeah, and working with teams, um, just depends sometimes on the age of the team. Obviously, what you yeah. like better. You want a team that's engaged in what they're doing, and coaches that support. Which <laughs> a bunch
0: doing. of magnet ball soccer yeah, kids at like right. five years old exactly. probably isn't a little the forte. Different. Yeah,
1: not the thing to do. But no, I really enjoy it, and uh, looking forward to many more years.
0: Awesome, that's cool, man. I always like when you see uh, newer newer concepts in sport growing. uh It's hopefully just going to make better athletes in general, which means better, better coaching. Better too. Yeah, better people, too. Um, so let's uh, – we're going to move into the first question I had, which is kind of the stigma talk. Um, and me and you were walking before this, and you actually inquired, like, how it, there – there is a stigma? It's a stigma yeah. in the sport? And I think a lot of people <clears> back <throat> me up when, like, there is still a stigma of athlete psychology, quote-unquote – but you also don't really refer to it as athlete psychology. So kind of give me, uh, we'll start with, give me your different, uh, differentiation in what you refer to it as.
1: Yeah. So what I, we do in my office is really considered sport and performance psychology coaching. And that's what's on my website. That's what's on my cards. I really don't refer to myself as a sports psychologist per se, more um, as a coach. Because I feel like that's what I do. I'm educating, I'm teaching, I'm guiding, I'm giving feedback, providing strategies and yeah. things like that to help athletes you know, go from good to great or great to elite. Uh, when somebody does, though, present with a serious issue, and there's, there's certainly that happens, um, eating disorders, depression, anxiety, real anxiety, and things like that, um, I like to partner then with more of a clinical psychologist. So I'll refer my athlete out to someone that I trust and say, let's let's partner with this, let them handle the the deep-rooted psychological issues or trauma maybe that they were dealing with. Yeah. And then I will deal with the day-to-day performance issues. And when we do that, it really does work out well. Gotcha. Yeah. So in terms of the stigma, though, I think more and more because athletes at the professional level are being more forthright with that they work with people like me. to. Yeah, it's not as hidden. Yeah, it's not as hidden. It's out there. I mean, you have NFL, you have golfers, you have baseball players now, um, really talking about the importance of being mindful, being in the present moment, handling pressure, visualization, setting proper goals, things like that. Uh, Doing daily mental training. Yeah. uh, That I think more and more kids now are seeing that, and they're like, "That's no big deal." Yeah. Well, they want to imitate, right? Yeah, they
0: want it, which is in in a positive way. That works. Yeah. So, um, do you see with some sports it like more uh, versus less nowadays? It's
1: funny. You know, my base, my background is obviously baseball, so people would think I see a lot of baseball players, and I do, and a lot of softball players too. But my, the majority of my athletes, when I look at my client list, is hockey yeah believe it or not rough and tough hockey play hockey's intense man it is intense especially the younger and younger kids there's so much pressure now because of the finances involved the time and the commitment involved
0: i bet you see the same thing with gymnastics too because of the time and expenses absolutely and the pain that these athletes are going through in gymnastics as well and the pressure there but yeah
1: hockey is my biggest uh client base for sure teams and individual athletes probably Mm -hmm. followed by golf tennis baseball softball gymnastics uh, in various other sports not as many basketball players uh, not as many football players but yeah. certainly deal with them in teams but those are the, the athletes i see the most
0: yeah yeah hockey hockey's intense man i've coached a couple <clears throat> hockey teams in terms of like strength and conditioning in mm-hmm. my past and it's just there's a lot a lot on those kids and then it's always go 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 right so um i love when they also have like seasons that interlap for like yeah. rec to high school It's like you guys are just burning the candle at seven different points. Yeah. And a whole
1: nother topic is the multiple sport athlete. And some coaches wanting kids to commit to one, one sport too early. That's a big problem.
0: Yeah. Or early specialization, Right. which, so, so, I mean, with the stigma, do you think it's, let's, let's go deep down the well here. Do you think it is a societal issue or do you think it's coaches not being more open to it like we don't have enough new world coaches that are okay with it or do you think it's the the verbiage even a self of psychology is a scary term it's like people connotate that with something's wrong with me
1: i think it's a lot of the all of that you know i think some of it's generational too um you know different generations look at certain things like psychology in a different way where in the past, if you saw somebody about your problems, it made you weak because you're supposed to deal with it yourself. Or the kind of family you grew up in. Like you, you grew up in a military type family where you handle stuff. Yeah. Right? You could, do it yourself. You could
0: say. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's changing, I think. So I think that's, you know, in today's generation with everything out there in social media, there's no secrets anymore. So yeah. people are a little bit more open minded uh, about it.
0: I think, I think, for, and going back to my upbringing, I think I. I think I grew up in a, the hammer fixes every problem mm-hmm. and then learned while being a coach actually. And then a couple of good military leaders I had is like, you don't use a hammer for everything. Use a screwdriver, use yeah. a drill. Right, right. And that, that helped get rid of that kind of mentality I had. Cause I was a, like brought up with it. Um, yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm seeing it more of in this sport, definitely. Cause I've been in it for 15 years. It's like, we're seeing it get talked about now. And right. i it's the one instance maybe where social media is actually helping athletes. Like yeah. we both what know they, it does yeah. not help very often. No, no. This is one where I think it's like, oh, she uses an athlete psychologist or a performance specialist. He uses one. Maybe it is more normal like we were talking earlier. It's like, holy shit. Instagram and yeah. social media is actually helping Absolutely. with something besides your ego Yeah, uh, we should use <laughs> or it getting up. a sponsor to support you and exactly. continue supporting. Right, Let's influence it in the right way. Yeah. Um, so you have your slogan for your business, which is Eye of the Tiger and then hashtag Beast mind, mm-hmm. um, Beast Mentality. And uh, can you explain s- what those mean? And then also some of the other strategies that you uh, try yeah, to implement. Well, yeah, so athletes. that kind of
1: came from as I mentioned, Dr. Jared Wood and myself. We keep, when we started the business, we wanted a little logo. We wanted kind of some kind of hashtag was a big thing back then. Yeah, no, that was and the so, beginning of hashtags. Yeah, right. And so Beast Mind was kind of our thing, where to us it meant, and it's a quote we use, and you may have seen this before, but you know, being a champion is a lifestyle or a mindset, not just an event. So you want to be a champion or a beast every day in everything you do. So it becomes a habit that. Hey, when I brush my teeth, I do it the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, when I make my bed, I do it the right way. When I, whatever I do, I want to get into the mindset of what would a champion do mm-hmm. in this situation? And so that comes with an eye of, eye of the tiger kind of rocky mentality focus yeah. that, that we want to have in everything we do. So it's about your character um and so that's where it came from
0: really and we just try you to make all your uh, younger clients and athletes watch that movie <laughs> well <laughs> so I, have the get big, it.
1: I have the big rocky quote that he did with his son in my office On, the, on the i t-shirt. feel so
0: bad because i'll make quotes <laughs> or i'll make like i'll be like remember when and they're like who's rocky yeah, yeah right, right, oh right. man <laughs> yeah for sure but so yeah cool. definitely yeah, I think those are good. Those are good mentality and an example that people can relate to because they know that movie or that reference. What mm-hmm. are some other uh, strategies you'd like to employ with the athletes you're working with?
1: Well, when an athlete comes in for the first time, you know, after getting into them a little bit, obviously, you know, everything basically for me comes down to big concepts like how do we handle pressure and how do we manage our confidence And the biggest one of all is staying in the present moment. So we really wanna teach our athletes to stay in the present moment by managing our confidence really well. Um, And the key to unlocking that is handling pressure, as I said. So there's a great pressure model um, and it talks about that pressure situations really um, entail three basic things. That you're in a situation where you care, the outcome is uncertain, and you're gonna be judged by that outcome that's uncertain. That's a pressure situation. And then my athletes and I always laugh at that. We're like, well, you just signed up
0: for that every yeah, day. Yeah, so exactly. That's what you want. You knew what you were getting into. You knew into. what you are
1: getting into. And you know what? That's where you want to be if you want to be an elite person or an elite athlete. you yeah. got to put yourself in those pressure situations. Now, how are you going to handle that? And another aspect of that is you need to know is that situation doesn't literally make you feel pressure. Yeah. It's how you choose to interpret that situation. So use your brain. Use your mind. Listen to what you're saying to yourself and say, okay. How am I interpreting this? And there's usually two ways that we can interpret it. One's positive, one's kind of negative. The negative part is you see it as a threat. Whenever you see that pressure situation as a threat, it's usually because you're worried about your ego, you're worried about your reputation, your goals, how you look, all those kind of things. And when you feel threatened, your brain does something pretty significant. Yeah. A little part of your brain called the amygdala then produces some chemicals. And when you feel threatened, you feel the stress chemical like cortisol or other chemicals that... Essentially, what they do is slows down the blood flow and oxygen in your body. Now, you know, and you don't have enough blood flow and oxygen to your muscles and tendons and ligaments.
0: They They ain't going to work how you want it to. They get tight. Yeah. Things fire slower, too. That's right. So
1: that's literally the definition of choking.
0: Yeah. Or you said clarking. Yeah, clarking, clarking. That's a term (laughs) way will know. Right.
1: So we want to learn, what am I thinking How am I perceiving things that make me feel that way? So then we can shift our mindset into what we call more of the challenge state. So the challenge state is when I feel empowered. And when you look at things from a positive point of view, what I mean by positive is smart and useful thinking, not Mm -hmm. rah-rah cheerleader positive. Yeah. Just smart and useful thinking.
0: False motivation. Right. No,
1: this is true motivation. And and, um, so we want them uh, to think in that challenge mindset, by managing their confidence. And so I talk about five basic strategies to help us manage our confidence, so we can go through those if you want. Let's hear them. Get a pen and paper, people. Yeah, so number one. Unless you're driving. Yeah, (laughs) no, don't do that while you're driving. Uh, But So I'll just list them off real quick, and then we can dig into each one, and we can uh, unpack those a little bit. So one one is body language and posture. Two is the pictures in your mind. Three is self-talk. Four is preparation. And five is your past success. Love them. So number one. I think people
0: forget about number five. Probably all yes. the time. Yes. Past all success, the time. Yeah. All right, let's go. Number so, one. Number
1: one, body language. So going back to the amygdala producing some chemicals, when you have positive or confident body language, sitting tall, shoulders back, chin up, strong facial um, facial movements, walking with some pace, mm-hmm. walking around like you own the place. Not cocky, but confident. No,
0: there's a, there's a, there's a medium. There is. There's I feel a, good about myself, and I'm... Okay with letting people see I am cool with right, myself. Without
1: being silly about it and yeah. things like that. So we know, though, when you do that, the amygdala produces different chemicals. Adrenaline,
0: testosterone, which is yeah. for
1: boys and girls, by the way. So
0: posture helps you other posture. than just making Coach Matt happy because yeah, I right. yell at you about your shitty posture. Right, and you right. wonder why you can't hold a barbell over so your head. So <laughs> many studies
1: about it's a Superman or Wonder Woman posture mm-hmm. or the Conor McGregor walk and yep. stuff like that. That will make you feel better. Why do you think boxers and fighters walk into the ring with the posse and the music and prancing yeah. around? Because they're pumping themselves up in, yeah. in a genuine way. It makes them feel confident. It's not fake. I, people say fake it till you make it. I say fake it till you become it. Yeah, You're practicing being more confident. So the yeah. more you no, do I, it, the 100% more confident agree. you're going to be. So that's one thing we can do. So I'm always on my athletes, about, hey, check your posture. Even in a session. Yeah. If they're slumping down on the chair. Dude, go,
0: I, sit up. I do all the time to people here. And people think I'm just nagging them. But, like, from a physiological aspect, like, it helps you. 100%. It's obviously going to make your just posture better to receive weight if you yeah. just practice an upright habit. Because we have a lot of slouchers and slumpy people just because that's – they type at desks or that's yeah. what their job the is. They're always interiorly rotated. Yeah. Um, but I tell – I hound them and they're like, "Oh," And I'm like, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Like. It's not that much work, and it's going to help you so much more down the line.
1: 100%. It goes back to that beast mind mentality. Like, what would a champion look like right now? Yeah. How would a champion sit while they're reading, sit while they're watching TV, walking around, driving their car? Mm-hmm. Practice that habit all the time. So we know that even, obviously, before a competition or during practice, have good posture, have good body language. And when you're competing against, like, another team or another person, if you have bad body language, yeah. what kind of message is that sent to your competitor? You're leaking your confidence, and they're soaking it up. Yeah. So I I always ask my athletes, hey, when you see another person, like a baseball player, if you see a pitcher on the mound with bad body language, as a hitter, that makes you feel better. Yeah. They're giving it to you. So don't give it away. Yeah. It's so easy. So that's one. Two is the pictures in your mind, which comes from the idea of imagery and visualization. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm stealing this a little bit from Saul Miller, who wrote the book called Hockey Tough. Okay. And he talked about, we all have a TV in our mind. Yeah. Now, we all watch T V. When you're at home watching T V, Matt, and something comes on you don't want to watch, what do you do? You just skip it. Skip it. In today's society, you don't have to watch it at all. Change (laughs) the channel, right? Well, we all have our own internal ten, remote ten control. Second,
0: 10 seconds, yeah. 10 se- All right, right. done.
1: <laughs> so why would I watch something I don't want to watch in my mind about my own performance? Why am I watching myself not make a lift or failing yeah. or some way? So change a channel and skip over to what do you want to watch? See yourself perform the way you want to perform. Mm-hmm. So we call that change a channel or pictures in your mind. Now, another aspect of pictures in your mind is...
0: So I want to come back to that. Sure, of course. So before we move forward. So I like, as a coach, getting my athletes to... Because we have, obviously, like tactile feedback, verbal cue back, different types of feedbacks that they're going to be able to learn from and adjust from. And I think one of the important ones is athletes seeing their lifts when they do miss. Because it sometimes is like, I felt like the bar was on top of me. And then I'm like, no, it wasn't. Come watch it. So they can see. And it gives them that visual feedback of like, I need, okay, I do need to situate the bar differently. Mm -hmm. So that could be combative to what you just said in terms of like watching only the good movements and what you want, <laughs> but I do need as a coach. So like, how would you play that out? What is too much, too little
1: spot on? I think we do need, cause a lot of times people say, well, when I visualize, I want it to be perfect. And I'm like, no, that's not how the good life, luck. How life <laughs> works. So I don't have a problem with people visualizing or seeing themselves handling adversity. Mm-hmm. or come rebounding or being resilient from a mistake. Yeah, So that's fine. I would say, yeah, let's learn from our mistakes. To me, that's being positive. That's gotcha. smart and
0: useful thinking. Positive feedback. Positive
1: Luke. feedback. It's, it's, <laughs> it's good feedback to see where I, I messed up because that's how I learn. Yeah. But I'm not going to ruminate on that. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to okay. constantly think about, I'm going to fail. And then that, we go down that road of, oh, what is so-and-so going to think of me? And then I wasted all this money on this. And was it, is it all worth it? And we just get into this spiral effect of negative thinking yeah. and negative imagery. So, yeah. So definitely learn from the mistakes. But let's focus on being positive about okay. it. Cool. And uh, so the other So, yeah. The other aspect of pictures in your mind is off the floor or off the field or off the court or off the ice type of visualization, we call it mental training, where you spend some time at home, actually... Relaxing, breathing, and doing some deep visualization, sustained visualization to help you mentally train. We know that visualization is a powerful tool that all high-level athletes use. And you don't have to be a high-level athlete to use it. Yeah. And people use it all the time, whether you're in school or in business or in sports. I
0: I think one of my favorite visualization stories is the Vietnam vet golfing. Yeah. You yeah. know that story, right? I know that
1: story. He was in captive. captive.
0: Yeah, catch everyone up real quick. So Do like basically, I don't
1: know his name, cliff but the, notes. the story goes, and I don't know how much of it has been you know, sensationalized or not, but from what I got from it, this um, soldier was captive, and uh, to help him stay sane and to stay positive, uh, he would visualize playing golf every day at his home course, all 18 holes, take his time, and then when he finally got out and got his strength back, he went back to playing, and he was
0: spot on. Yeah, he played. He played great. Normal once he got his health. And it's like it's one of those things where it's like, damn. Yeah, mm.
1: Yeah, we know there's so many studies that show that the neurology that takes place in the brain when you actively perform and when you visualize is almost identical. Yeah, the same parts of the brain are activated. Because you're still firing the muscles. Yeah. It's
0: just not at the same intensity, maybe. That's right. Of that, uh, so a contraction is, system will do. Yeah.
1: So, what that teaches is that mental practice is like free practice. You could do lifts in your head and yeah. train your, and send the same neural uh, pathways to your muscles that, that you would if you're actively, actively doing it. Obviously, physical practice is highly important. Yeah, I think think we saw
0: a cool example that I think it was like a year and a half ago. Maddie Rogers, one of the top female lifters in the country, she, like, tweaked her back really bad. Mm. And she would just sit in her, I think, garage with, like, in the dark and just practice with a PVC pipe. And she was, like, leading up to Pan Am's or Worlds, like Mm. a big meet. And she couldn't move weight for a few weeks. And any other athlete would freak out and panic or try to be headstrong and just, I can get through the pain. And she uh, she just traced that bar path, which I always tell people all the time, like, if you're hurt, I understand that. But if you can do, and this is a military thing, is if you can do one thing that's going to get you 1% trained that day versus not doing anything, yeah. do it. And, it'll make you and she, more she traced the bar and she did it as long as she could. And then she finally got back to it. But because she kept everything fresh and she was doing that free training, essentially, like you're talking about, she mm-hmm. came back ready and killed it.
1: Yeah. Hundred percent. A lot of times when athletes are working with me that are recovering from an injury, like I had an NFL athlete I worked with and he had knee surgeries and was really concerned about the confidence in his knee. So we did a lot of work on visualization. So, see yourself running. Let's see yourself making cuts. Let's yeah. see your knee being strong. And when he finally got back out there, you know, he always had more confidence. Yeah, I think
0: way. that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. People, people like start to lose trust in their body that's right. after a surgery or that's recovery.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So that's three. So we had body language. We had pictures in our mind. Let's go on to number three, I should yeah. say, is um, self-talk. Probably one of the most important ones is is the conversations we're constantly having with ourselves. I'm curious
0: about this one because I, I do yeah. – s- nobody knows probably unless like they're close to me that I do self-talk. But it's, it's a very military-style yeah. <laughs> self-talk. So let's hear what your positive well, self-talk we is. Well,
1: we want to have – one number one feature of that is we want to make sure we have what we call a to-do mindset. Mm-hmm. So often we tell ourselves what not to do or what we shouldn't do. And then you're just sending those images to your mind about
0: what not to do. Like, yeah. Don't. It's like hitting the tree in golf. That's right. If you look at the tree, right. you're going to hit the tree. Right. Don't go left.
1: Then you go left. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk to ourselves about what we want to do. It may sound simple and it's just semantics, but it's an image thing in our mind. You know, why send the pit negative images to our mind based on our self-talk? So we yeah. have these conversations with ourselves all day long. But are we paying attention to what we're saying to ourselves? Yep. You, know, you have to be really careful what you say to yourself because you're listening. Yeah. Your mind's like a DVR. The more you say the same things over about yourself... The more you're going to become that person. Yeah. Or you're more likely to do those things. So well, it's
0: just another variation of repetition. Your body's really good at learning repetition. Yeah.
1: And we have a tendency to be negative, uh, just in terms of protecting ourselves or our own ego. Yeah. You know, we self deprecate or we say things, oh, I probably won't do this well because, and then you're just giving yourself an excuse. Yeah. Well, that's not what elite people do. So they push themselves a little bit. So we want to have what we call the to-do mindset and have really good self-talk. And this leads me into a big thing about understanding your own mental traps and then switching that over to what we call positive performance statements, or I think in your world we call them like cues, Mm -hmm. things like that. So I do a whole thing in my office with an athlete, did it with uh, Caitlin as well, uh, about let's go through a whole list here of typical things we as, as athletes all think about Things like getting too far ahead in the future, thinking about the past, thinking about what my coach thinks, thinking about what other people's expectations are of me, thinking about the conditions around me, the weather, the, the gym conditions, things mm-hmm. like that, and owning those. So we go through this list, and I say, check off each one that you, if you're honest with yourself, that you overthink from time to time. Yeah. Get in your way of being in the present moment. And once we complete the list, I say, okay, those are your six or seven or 12 mental traps. We call them the uncontrollables mm-hmm. because all those things are typical
0: things we cannot control. They're things you can't do a damn thing about And if we focus <laughs> no matter on, what. Yeah. And if
1: we focus on the future or the past too much, then we feel threatened. Yeah. That's how we start to handle pressure. So that's kind of how this ties together. If you think about things you can't control and you have a habit of that, you get anxious and you feel threatened, which brings you out of the present moment makes your body tighter doesn't allow you to perform very well so the mind body connection here is is enormously huge um then we say okay let's own these and let's talk about this now when you when you perform really well what are you doing like if your coach was right here right now and he said hey if you just focus on doing these three things with this lift right now you're going to be great Mm -hmm. what would those three things be like posture grip, push pull shoulders back whatever it is and i don't know all the technical terms yeah i I mean you hit
0: most of them honestly i tell people all the time weightlifting's easy you just (laughs) named it it's we as humans make it hard yeah right
1: too complicated so like with kaylee we went through the list yeah and i can't remember her exact cues but it was like now notice this if you focus on that and doing that as much as possible Mm -hmm. guess what you're not thinking about anymore
0: all the other noise. All the other mental traps.
1: Because yeah. you can only focus on one thing at a time really well. So the strategy is really about recognize and replace. Yep. So the self-talk is recognize what that self-talk is. Own it. All right, there's one of those mental traps I'm thinking about. That's totally normal. Every athlete has that. Take a deep breath. Interrupt it. Replace it with something that's actually going to help you in this situation. And mm-hmm. really focus on it. And really try to implement that cue to the best of your ability. Chances are you're going to have a chance at a much better lift or performance than you would if you stayed focused on all those things you can't control. Yeah, no, those are good. So that's the self-talk aspect of it. And obviously we go into deeper. But um, the next one is preparation, physical and mental preparation. So obviously being here every day at the gym is physical preparation, taking care of your nutrition, taking care of your sleep, all your physical preparation. And we talk about mental preparation. What are your performance routines? How do you get mentally prepared the night before a competition? The day of when you get to the gym. What's your routine when you get there? What's your pre-performance lift when you get there as well? That's what we really want to focus on, uh, making sure that we're as mentally and physically prepared as possible. And that'll yeah. also obviously help you with your confidence as well. Lastly, is the past success, which you said you really wanted to get into.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I success. think I think it's just so easily forgotten about. Yeah, it's like they they build up this mountain. Right? We all know that visual mountain of like the struggles, the challenges, the, the things I've accomplished. And then if I had to draw that Whiteboard, the mountain looks like Everest. And then on the other side, it's just a straight drop you would need an elevator <laughs> right, for. Right. It's like, that's not how life is, man. No. You guys need to like remember the shit you've done.
1: Absolutely. Own it. Take ownership of. Yeah, it.
0: they yeah. like don't want to ride on their own laurels. They just like, all right, done with that thing. They push it into a drawer and never look at it again. And it's like you've done X, Y, and Z in right. this amount of time. You're you're killing it. Or look at what you do. You have a full time job. You have kids, and you're crushing it at a national level competition. Like they love to just forget about that stuff because they're so focused on like the future or the here and now.
1: Well, we want them to be in the here and now when we perform. But when we need that confidence boost, it's okay to bring along all that great baggage that you yeah. have, right? So I, I, I do a strategy with them where I'll, I'll ask them a bunch of questions. Hey, you know, tell me about three of the three things you've done that you're really proud of, like mm-hmm. three great performances. Or tell me about a time where you overcame an obstacle. Uh, tell me about three compliments you've received from people that you really admire. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the people that have your back. Who's in your inner circle that really will not be surprised if you're successful? Yep. And the more and more we talk about these stories and these um, occurrences that they've had in their life, you, all of a sudden you start to see their posture change. And yeah, because like, oh, it, it
0: builds confidence. I feel really it, good about it. They start that. to yeah. feel good, exactly. So I'll
1: even have them like on an index card and keep it in their gym bag, like some of your best performances. And before you go out there and actually perform, sit down and relive some of those experiences. Yeah. Connect with how you felt at that time when you performed really well and take that feeling into this performance. You know, because when you go to a big performance, you, you go to Pan Am or you go somewhere else, it's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of distractions, right? Oh, yeah. The you whole trip to,
0: is a travel. Yeah. Distraction. You travel, feel, the competition hall, finding food. Everything distracts you from what you're actually there to do.
1: And that goes back to preparation, too, in terms of, you know, you're going on this trip. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. What are some potential things that you might get distracted by? What's some, What are some things that can knock your confidence off? So let's do this. If, then kind of work hey if this happens what's your response going to be yeah let's practice that let's go over let's visualize that so when you get there and that happens like i expected that yep now i know what to do i have a plan for that planning preparation gives you more confidence yeah Um, so the past success is huge as well so i have to make a list of a bunch of things that they've done really well and we go over them
0: yeah no i think that's a good idea because a lot of people like i said they forget about that they're just on to the next thing
1: right for sure. So for sure. So those are the big five strategies that help us manage our confidence, which then in turn helps us stay focused in the present moment. Because when you're in the present moment, there is no fear. There's yeah. no pressure.
0: You're just grooving. You're just going. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Those are it's a good list. Um, that's also why I'm excited <laughs> to get you in here because a lot of people a lot of people need to hear that. Yeah. Uh, even even from coaches, like I think I think sometimes we look at this just as an athlete thing. And, like, as a coach, you can learn and implement the same things as a coach. Yeah. So, because, I mean, I look at it. Like, if I have an athlete that's not being successful and consistent issues, like, I'm sitting there. You start to question yourself. You're like, am I not doing the right thing? Could mm-hmm. I have done more here? And it's the same issues that athletes have. It's just your your check of strength, so to say, is how your athletes perform. Yeah. which You have, like, certain degrees of control. Right. But you yeah. still start to – do the same hiccups that athletes do. Well,
1: you can't do everything. Yeah. You know, you have your lane, your area of expertise. I have mine. And mm-hmm. it's okay to say, hey, you know, I really don't know what's up here. Yeah. But I know somebody that might be able to help you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important to do.
0: Awesome. And then our last question, uh, when do you think it's time to work with a specialist? So, so obviously, we know kids. Like, we want to improve them having fun. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm hardcore. I'm about to have a son. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to actually see if I can implement what I, because everyone's, everyone's a great parent when they don't have kids, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> like this is what I'd do. Yeah. So like, at what point are you like, hey, you're doing really good, but I think there's this hiccup going on, or we can make you even better or enjoy it more if we have somebody working with you to strategically implement some things that'll make you just do better and enjoy it. Yeah.
1: I think first and foremost, and I want to preface this by saying I am not... And I repeat, I am not a participation trophy guy.
0: Yes, so, so am I. I, have, I am. I don't hate have it. that mentality. <laughs> I don't I'll, do it. I don't want it. No. And I, it's going to be really interesting when I have a kid and that happens, because one of one of the entrepreneurs I follow, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh yeah, i okay. well. Have you ever have yes. you ever heard Gary's uh, conversation about like his kid and playing basketball I'm with him? Sure, I have. He yeah, like talks we'll about his win. son <laughs> playing basketball, and it's like a little kid's net, right? And the kid like goes the shoe, and Gary like smacks yes. the ball. he's like, "No, no, I'm not just going to let him get things because yeah. he wants it. like yeah. I'm going to be there yeah. to make sure that he's in, I, you got to earn it.
1: I think we all know that that
0: was a failed parenting strategy.
1: <laughs> so, so I, <laughs> not Gary's, I think it's but the idea of letting kids win, and yeah no, I, yeah. Think,
0: I think it's funny, but like. In terms of the participation trophy, yeah. I think it's done so much harm. It has. It and has. it's unfortunate.
1: it is, and uh, we still have a lot of kids that wonder where their trophy is. But no, so I, I say that in preface to, I still think at the young age, we want kids to enjoy and have fun and make sure that as parents and as coaches, we're not vicariously living through them. Mm-hmm. And their self-worth should not be dependent on their performance on yeah. the outcome. Um, it's about effort, it's about attitude. it's about how they rebound from a mistake. Um, it's about the hard work that they put into things because I think
0: I think it's not since, only kids though it's people oh, here people like as running well. running this business. I want more people to come in and just laugh and smile and enjoy themselves than right. sit there and be like i if somebody's super pissed off at themselves because they only got a one kilo PR instead of a two I like I failed the whole reason I opened this place right. right.
1: I it's feel about like I getting feel. better every day. I mean, I think success and progress is going to make you happy, and you're going to have more fun by having success and making progress. Yeah. Not so much winning or losing, especially at the young ages in particular. So, you know, the question was, when do we start? I've worked with athletes as young as nine mm-hmm. that are show some pretty good promise in their sport, uh, but they struggle because they're still nine. Yeah. Right? And so they don't really know how to handle pressure. They don't know how to prepare. And so we start really simple with, you know how are we talking to ourselves? What are you thinking about right now? Mm-hmm. What are you worried about? You know, they really most of the kids in baseball, in particular, the biggest fear being hit by the ball.
0: Yeah, no, that right. makes sense. So it hurts, man. Kids, yeah,
1: <laughs> handful of kids that that's their fear. They're a really good athlete, but they're up there shaking because they're worried because the pitcher at nine can't control the ball either. Yeah, and it hurts, and it's still going already.
0: fifty miles per yeah, hour. It still hurts
1: regardless. Uh, I'm thirty thirty one. I am 30, 31. i do not yeah, want to get hit by yeah. a nine year old's fast. Pace. That's right. That's right. So we talk about. Let's override that by let's focus in on what you need to do in that moment. Giving them some routines like we talked about, yeah, so they can do that. And then over time, they get more confident doing that. So it really just depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have worked with young kids like that that show promise. Um, and obviously, it depends on the, if the kid's ready. Yeah, you know, sometimes I unfortunately have parents that kind of force their kids to come to someone like me to to handle that because then it's clearly
0: a, the parents'
1: issue, not the mm-hmm. kid's issue. Yeah, at that it's point. Like,
0: this is on you guys, yeah. not the kid. And
1: in terms of then other things, it's. You know, If you feel like you want to take your game to another level, whatever that game is, we know that sports is very mental. Yeah. I often ask this question. I'll ask it just to you for fun. What percent of, of weightlifting is mental versus physical?
0: Oh, I say 90%. Right. I say 90% all day. And so then I ask an just athlete. Just like I said earlier. like yeah. This sport is easy. We make it yeah, hard.
1: Right. So then I ask athletes, how many hours a week do you physically train? So you're in the gym or you're at home. How many hours a week is that? You know, 15, 20, 25 or mm-hmm. for high level athletes. Okay. How many hours a week are you mentally training? Like real mental training. And then there's silence. Yeah. Or, I, like, or, like, I, don't I don't even know that. what you mean by that. <laughs> when
0: or, I'm warming or up. Or I think
1: about my lift or I close my eyes and I visualize for a minute. Okay, great. But how many, how, what percent did you just tell me this game is? Yep. 90% but we spend 99% of the time on the physical part. Yeah. I'm not saying you got to spend 90% on the mental training, but we certainly need to close the gap.
0: That's one of those things where I think the US Army actually did right. Oh, of course. <laughs> In terms as yeah. as an infantryman, like my job was to shoot and it sucked because we were at the range every day. But like 90% of our job was shooting, so it made sense we would be at the range come sun, snow.
1: But you also had to be mentally prepared to shoot. Yeah. And you had to slow your heart rate down to shoot accurately. Yeah, accuracy.
0: and that's that's why yeah. we trained with stress shoots and yeah. run-in shoots and all those different things to give us that, like, okay, you're dying. You still need to go do the task. Mm-hmm. And they, they did. I don't give the Army a lot of credit, <laughs> but that was one thing where they they knew better than me yeah. at 19 well, how to do it.
1: Oh. <laughs> Most people know more than us
0: at 19. Yeah, yeah, no, I knew way more than the U.S. Army. <laughs> <laughs> Department yeah. of the Army sucked. Yeah. I knew what to do. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I guess the short answer is, you know, when you feel like you want to take your game to another level or you want to make sure you're having more fun doing what you do. Yeah. You know, because I think learning how to mentally train properly can help you enjoy your sport a lot more, whether you're a high-level pro or you're a recreational athlete that just wants to be more competitive than you are. Yeah. Maybe, as you told me, you're more competitive than you think you are.
0: I think that's a big one, and we obviously talked about it. I think a lot of people say they're a recreational athlete, but everyone wants to see – improvement in their hobby Mm -hmm. like especially when it's a hobby like this people can say how many times have you seen this right the golfer that's just a recreational golfer but they'll snap a stick over a tree because they didn't drive it the right way it's like dude you care more than you do something like clearly you can hit the ball there's something else going on like let's figure it out so that way you can have way more fun than stress doing your hobby that's right it's it's one of those things where it's like video game i'm a huge gamer okay Lots of video gamers do not get stressed when they're playing a video game. They just, mm-hmm. like, relax, and if they have a bad round, they just, like, step back, take a breather, and then reattack it a different way. And I, I'd really like to see the type of work you do and then with, like, these hardcore competitive gamers that are yeah. going to tournaments and stuff and seeing if you see the same thing or, like, are gamers a special breed because it's not
1: a yeah. physical sport really too early to tell you know it's really just coming out we (laughs) now have college sports teams that are now becoming gaming teams yeah i think oakland university here in michigan now it's a real thing man
0: one of my like there's millions of dollars in it now yes they rented out um little caesar's arena i think a few months ago for a massive uh doa tournament wow or something i was like that's insane (laughs) when i was a gamer i was just a nerd (laughs) like i won i won a gaming contest like when i was like 14 and i got like 50 bucks and it was totally new like gaming was not a thing yeah, right. back then but yeah.
1: i can't figure out. there's too many buttons for me nowadays yeah I'm almost
0: 50, <laughs> and yeah I,
1: I enjoy the games i, I think they're cool but there's a lot on. there's a lot going on <laughs> too much now. multitasking well vr is coming so soon yeah. you'll just
0: be able to, to not kneel with buttons uh, and that might be good be fully immersed that'd be good Um, And then to close this out, uh, top three – I always like to do a top three with our guests. Yeah. Uh, Top three reads or podcasts that you would say – if somebody – for example, I have athletes all around the country here that work with my coaches. They can't get to you. Yeah. And – they need something that is going to help them well, or they think can benefit from it. They
1: can, they can get to me. I mean, through my website or through appointments, I, I do work with people on Skype or Perfect. FaceTime or on okay. the phone from time to time. I prefer face-to-face, obviously, yeah. but, uh, you know, it happens because uh, people are on the road, especially my elite athletes that travel and mm-hmm. things like that. But in terms of books, I have a, a page on my website. If you go to champmindset.com, there's a page that says My Library. There's a whole bunch of books, but uh, some of my favorites I can tell you about. Uh, there's one by D.C. Gonzalez called The Art of Mental Training which I think is a great read. It's more of a story, uh, but it also gives you some really great tips and strategies uh, from a perspective of um, uh, what it takes to be mentally strong. Uh, Another one is called uh, With Winning in Mind by Lanny Bassham, who is a, a rifle shooter. Nice. Uh, in the Olympics and things like that. Uh, another great one. And as you mentioned, you love Mind Gym. Which Mind Gym is a, Gym's kind of just a, a classic. Book. Yeah, it's a great book. It's like classic.
0: the best intro book. Yeah,
1: that's a great book to it. I uh, use a lot of strategies from, from Gary Mack at Mind Gym. And one that I referenced kind of today a little bit that I really hang my hat on is uh, something called Performing Under Pressure. And it really gets into the science and actual strategies that can help us with mental training by handling pressure. So that one's by... Um, uh, Henry Weisinger and JP Polyfry, Fry, um, who are really good people mm-hmm. at, at understanding, um, how does pressure impact the human body and mm-hmm. what we can do
0: about it yeah. in certain situations. Cool. Is that last one, like go to the physiological stuff? Too, yeah, it does, and the hormones it does and but stuff? it also awesome.
1: talks about you know, like 30 strategies to handle stress and pressure yeah. and building what he calls a coat of armor, oh, uh, I like it. you know, to, to manage your confidence as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for your time, obviously, coming here. uh, Birmingham's not the closest to drive, but uh, we're going (laughs) to go out in the gym and have some fun now. Um, But... uh Go ahead. Please do some shameless plugging shameless where people plugging. can find yeah. you, how yeah. they can get a hold of you, everything under the sun, The
1: easiest way is uh, in my website, www.champmindset.com. Um, you can read about me and what the business is all about. Um, I just ask if you ever do set up an appointment, uh, call or reach out or text me first. All my contact information is on there, email, phone number, etc. cetera. Uh, also on uh, the social medias, um, Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter, it's Mindset. Uh, you can find me there. You'll notice it. it. has the Eye of the Tiger logo on
0: everything I do there. Good. And then they'll also see Star Wars. They'll see some Star, Star Wars, Wars
1: posts, yeah. Yoda's the best sports psychologist in the <laughs> galaxy. 100% agreed. <ignited. laughs>
0: so, all right. Thank you, uh, Dr. Nowetski. Appreciate and it. hope to have you on maybe here in the future again, talking about some other cool stuff. Sounds great. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks for joining. Hope you liked it. Uh, please go ahead and subscribe. If you're enjoying this, we'll keep bringing them. And uh, hear from you next time.